Coming up on this week's episode of the EV Resource Podcast, the Lucid Air has an impressive charging rate. Citroen comes out with their first EV, the EC4. Neo introduces a battery as a service option and much more. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the EV Resource Podcast. My name is Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answers to your questions about electric vehicles. Special thanks to Titan Auto and Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support for this podcast. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs and hybrids. And from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. Before we get started with all the great EV news that I've got lined up for you, I want to remind you that if you like this podcast, please share it with a friend and make sure that you subscribe so that you'll get all of the future episodes automatically. All right, let's get to the news. I've talked a lot about the Lucid Air on this podcast, and even last week we learned that Lucid are expecting to have an incredibly impressive range. This week, Lucid revealed that the charging capabilities of the upcoming Air are really quite amazing. According to Inside EVs, the Air will be able to accept over 300 kilowatts of power on a fast charger. That, combined with the estimated 517 miles of driving range, should make the Air a top choice for long-distance driving. Being able to charge quickly is very important, but being able to efficiently use that energy to drive you is just as, if not more, important. And the Lucid Air does both really well, and that's a combination that will allow it to charge roughly at a rate of 20 miles of range per minute, and even maintaining a high speed in order to charge 300 miles of range in 20 minutes. Lucid's extraordinarily high charging rate is possible because of its 900-volt electrical architecture, including custom lithium-ion battery cells, a highly sophisticated battery management system, active thermal management, as well as the Lucid Air's powertrain efficiency and aerodynamic efficiency. No other vehicle, no other automaker has even bothered to push the limits of what's possible With the Porsche Taycan, we saw that the 800-volt architecture does allow it to charge more quickly. Uh, I believe it charges up to 270 kilowatts, but they have a long way to go when it comes to efficiency. So even the Model 3 that charges slower, 250 kilowatts, actually puts more range um, per minute back into the battery because the Model 3 is a more efficient vehicle. So with the Lucid Air, you've got the best of both worlds here. You've got an extremely efficient vehicle that can use the power uh, really to travel long, exceptionally long distances. But then you also have the ability to recharge very, very quickly. Last week, I jokingly just made up in my head uh, recharging half the battery, 250 miles in 20 minutes. I honestly was just pulling that out of thin air, and here they're saying now 300 miles in 20 minutes. That's going to be really the length of time for most people that are going to stop. Um, You know, 20 minutes, half hour, maybe sometimes if you're pushing it, 15 minutes to grab a bite to eat, use the restroom, whatever. Um, But then to get 300 miles during that time, I mean... 
that's five hours of driving if you're averaging 60 miles an hour. That is exceptionally impressive to be able to drive five hours, stop for 20 minutes, and then back on the road for another five hours. Almost to the point where I heard it rec- or read it somewhere this week that somebody was saying that the Lucid Air will probably be a really good contender to break the EV Cannonball Run record, which I think right now is held by a Model 3 or a Model S. I know it's a Tesla because really Teslas are the only ones that can make it cross country right now. Um with the charging infrastructure, with the ability to charge quickly, and with the range being so large. So Lucid, granted, this car is going to come out in 2021, next year. It is not out right now. Um, But if nothing changes with their competition right now, this will make their vehicle the fastest charging EV, the longest range EV, and I believe the most efficient when it comes to aerodynamics as well. And if Lucid stopped there, that would be pretty impressive, but they haven't. Uh, Even with AC charging, Lucid is pushing the limits and equipping the air with 19.2 kilowatt onboard charger that can replenish 80 miles of range per hour. Keep in mind that if you're going to have that, uh, you're going to need to make sure your house can handle or wherever you're plugging in can handle that rate. Uh, Right now, the public infrastructure isn't there when it comes to AC charging. Um, And let's see, 19.2 kilowatts. Let me do some math. Okay, so 19.2 kilowatts at 240 volt charging, which is basically your level two, that's what you're going to have to have installed, is still 80 amps of power. That is a lot of energy. Uh, (laughs) If you have a Lucid Air and you want to take advantage of the full capability of its onboard charger, you're going to need to really make sure that you've got a, a solid electrical connection at home. Now, they are going to offer their own home charging equipment called the Connected Home Charging Station. It will be one of the first AC stations that, in addition to being so quick, will also offer bi-directional charging. And with that bi-directional charging ability, Lucid Air owners can use their vehicle to power their homes during an outage and even fully power potential off-grid vacation properties. If you take that 500 miles, you could easily lob off 100 miles of that range. Uh, so assuming the battery would be about 100 kilowatt hours, you know, if you take a fifth of that, 20 kilowatt hours of battery is going to be able to power a home or an off-grid cabin or something like that for quite a while. And then you would still have plenty of range left in the vehicle to be able to travel around or get it to wherever you're going. This is just amazing. I'm actually kind of shocked that I'm sharing these kinds of numbers with you in 2020. This is not something I expected to see for quite a while. And now to Citroen and their new all-electric EC4 crossover. This report from Autocar in the UK. They say that the all-new Citroen electric EC4 and the gas and diesel-powered C4 have made their UK debut ahead of their arrival in dealerships this fall. Citroen says the model line, which compromises petrol and diesel powertrain options along the fully electric version, 
will put compact hatchbacks back on the map through an SUV-influenced design and a focus on comfort. Citroen CEO Vincent Kobe told Autocar recently that the introduction of the model held massive importance for Citroen's sales growth in Europe. In 2019, the brand grew 1% year-on-year, selling 830,000 vehicles. Kobe said the car will be Citroen to its core in design, innovation, and comfort. So for us, it's one of three or four bullets in the overall growth of Citroen. Citroen has massive legitimacy in this segment. It's the one with the most populist customer base. As part of an electrification offensive, the manufacturer is fast becoming a trailblazer in the electric vehicle market, having also revealed the AMI, or AMI, model earlier this year. While the AMI, or AMI, is a smaller model, the new EC4 is a compact hatchback. The new model has a maximum speed of 150 kilometers per hour and regenerative braking to amplify deceleration without pressing the brake pedal. The EC4 will have a 50 kilowatt hour battery pack that gives it a claimed WLTP range of 350 kilometers or 217 miles. It isn't going to be one of these EVs that gives you a whiplash of acceleration, however, because it's only going to have 134 horsepower to the front wheels. I want to share with you a quick clip from the Driving Electric YouTube channel. They did a five-minute first look and walk-around of the EC4. I'm only going to grab a short clip here, but if you want to watch the full video, I'll put a link in the show notes. Citroen expects only 8-10% to of total C4 sales to be of this EC4 electric version to begin with. However, there is an expectation that that could grow to as much as 20% before long. The electric C4 uses a similar powertrain to its Peugeot E2008 and DS3 Crossback E10 siblings. A 134 brake horsepower electric motor drawing power from a 50 kWh battery, giving a driving range of up to 217 miles from a charge. Citroen claims it will hit 62 miles an hour from a standing start in 9.7 seconds and has a top speed of 93 miles an hour. As with most electric cars, there's a regenerative braking system to recoup energy when slowing down, as well as a variety of driving modes to prioritize power, efficiency, or a balance between the two. The EC4 comes with rapid charging capability as standard and will top up from a 100 kilowatt puppet charger to 80% capacity in 30 minutes. Home charging overnight takes around seven and a half hours. One of the biggest concerns that people have when considering the purchase of an electric vehicle is about the battery. How long will it last? and the cost of replacing it when it does finally reach the end of its usable life in the car. Well, lots of vehicle manufacturers have offered certain options to allow buyers to be at ease. Renault has a battery or had a battery leasing program with the Zoe. They have actually ended that, uh, I do believe. Tesla actually, when in the very beginning, had plans for a battery swapping service where you could just pull your car in and have the battery removed down from the bottom of the car, a new one bolted in, and then you're on your way. Well, NEO is a Shanghai-based premium electric vehicle uh, automaker, and they have been doing battery swapping, and they've already had a lot of success with that battery swapping business model. However, recently this week, Inside EVs learned that NEO will also begin to offer another service that's unique to the EV industry, battery as a service. NEO has announced that they will soon allow their customers the choice of buying the vehicle with the battery, as they have it all along, or if the customer prefers, they can purchase the vehicle without a battery and lease the battery separately. 
To date, NEO has built 143 battery swap stations in China. It's completed more than 750,000 battery swaps and is currently swapping roughly 4,000 battery packs every single day. NEO designs its cars around their battery packs and then uses the same physical battery tray for the company's 70 kilowatt hour battery option as well as it does for the 100 kilowatt hour battery. The battery swap model absolutely works and NEO's customers love it. So now they're taking battery security to another level. NEO's battery as a service program does a couple of things that customers will appreciate. Firstly, it lowers the price of the vehicle by about 20%. Their ES6 model starts at about $52,000 US when you purchase it with the 70 kilowatt hour battery. With the battery as a service, the vehicle costs about $42,000. So it's $10,000 less. The customer then leases the battery separately from a newly formed company that's a joint venture between NEO and its battery supplier, CATL. And of course, we're familiar with CATL from the work that they do with a number of auto manufacturers. The monthly lease that they have in mind for the 70 kilowatt hour battery pack is just $140 a month. Pricing for the 100 kilowatt hour battery pack will probably be slightly higher, but that's going to be announced in November. The second thing that this does is it offers security of never ever having to be concerned with battery capacity loss, and it offers customers the ability to lease a larger battery pack whenever they want one. It's NEO's flexible upgrade offering. If a customer has the 70 kilowatt hour battery pack and they want to rent the 100 kilowatt hour battery pack for a long trip, they can do that, just swap it out. Then they pay the 100 kilowatt hour pack lease cost for that month and then swap it back to the 70 when the month is over. If they like the added range, they can just keep the larger battery pack and continue paying the higher monthly lease fee. Additionally, if and when NEO has larger battery packs available in the future, their customers would have the option to lease those for a single month, or they can keep it and then pay the least cost on that pack moving forward if they prefer. This kind of flexibility is revolutionary. It's very unique in the EV industry. No other manufacturer is doing battery swaps that I know of, unless we're talking about like small little um, scooters or um, electric motorcycles in, I believe, India. There's a company that's doing it over there. Maybe Tata Motors. I'll have to double check that. Um, but really, when looking at cars, Neo is the only one that's doing it. And nobody else, I believe, is doing battery leases or battery as a service right now since Renault stopped that option for their vehicles. And it's a wonder why not, because battery swapping and now battery as a service really makes sense. Um, it makes a case for Neo's vehicles even more appealing. Now, of course, they are only in China right now, I believe. And they are a premium brand that has to compete with the likes of Mercedes and BMW and Audi. Uh, the ES6 is a luxury SUV like the BMW X3 or the Mercedes GLC or Audi Q5. All of those vehicles are comparably priced to the Neo ES6 when sold with the battery. However, if you separate that cost of the battery with the battery as a service, now the ES6 costs about $10,000 less. Yes, the customer has to pay the $140 a month battery lease, but they also get free battery swapping, so their transportation fuel costs them 
nothing. And guess how much the average person in China would pay per month to buy gas for an X3 GLC or Q5? Yep, you guessed it, $140. So those savings, along with the security of knowing you will never ever have to worry about battery degradation or replace a dead battery pack, really that should move more people away from gas-powered vehicles and into a NEO. If other manufacturers would start to offer this, I think that it really has the potential to revolutionize the entire EV industry. Now, yeah, you could argue that battery packs last 10, 12, 15 years, Tesla's with um, developing their million mile batteries, you don't need to worry about it anyway. Um, and there's some truth to that, but ultimately there are gonna be people that want to keep their car until it dies. And if you're swapping battery packs or offering batteries uh, as a service, well, now that one part of the EV that would potentially die first, if you will, isn't going to. You don't have to worry about that. So now how much longer would a car last, an EV last, if the battery pack just gets swapped out or replaced and keeps going? Um, I know Teslas, some of the earlier Teslas that have been used for taxi services have seen over 500,000 miles. Now, yes, they did replace one of the battery packs, um, but the cars themselves don't require all that much maintenance. So could you see a million miles or 2 million miles out of an EV and then just replace the pack whenever you needed to? I think there's definitely some possibility there. So this is exciting. I, I'm not sure that other manufacturers are going to be as excited about it as I am, but that's okay. I'm certainly happy for the citizens of China and the options that they have to choose for their EVs. And now to a story coming out of Canada from driveteslacanada.ca. They say when Ottawa announced a new $5,000 federal ISEV rebate in May of 2019, setting aside $300 million for the three-year program, they clearly didn't realize how many Canadians wanted an electric vehicle. According to data obtained by the Canadian press as of July 1st of this year, 2020, Canadians have depleted 75% of the allotted funds, which were supposed to last until April 30th of 2022. In the 15 months since it began, 53,510 drivers have claimed $225 million. If that rate continues, there's only enough money to last another five months. Two provinces in particular claimed the majority of the money, with British Columbia and Quebec accounting for 86% of the rebates. If you've been following EVs sales up in Canada, those figures are not going to be a surprise. Both BC and Quebec are the only two provinces to offer an additional rebate on top of the federal rebate. As a result, BC is already seeing 10% of new passenger vehicle sales being electric, ahead of their provincial target reaching that figure by 2025. While the program is getting dangerously low on funds, EV advocates are hoping that Ottawa will add more money and extend the program to include both new and used electric vehicles. A rebate of 10% on the purchase of used electric car was mentioned by the government last fall, but has not yet been implemented. A spokesperson for Transport Minister Mark Garneau declined to give any firm answers on it or when the fund will be replenished. 
This specific program continues and customers are able to take care of the incentive, Livia Belsia said in an email to the Canadian press. Continuing, any changes in funding for the program would be renewed at the appropriate time and as needed. So it looks like if you are in the market for an electric vehicle and you live in Canada, you are up against a ticking clock. Go out right now and buy it. Uh, but while you still can, take advantage of every single credit that's available. Not that you shouldn't buy one, even if there isn't a credit available. Obviously, here in the U.S., we've got G both GM and Tesla that there are no federal tax uh, incentives available at all, even though we don't have a specific rebate uh, here. It's a tax credit, uh, which I won't get into all of that. But uh, yeah, if you're looking to buy now seems to be the best time to do that. Okay, well, that is it for the news this week. I do have a question, an EV question to answer, and that is what is the difference between a battery's state of charge and a battery's state of health? Uh, what a difference one word can make. Um, I'll explain both. The battery's state of charge is very simply how full is it, okay? If you look at a battery or think of a battery as a cup, if it was 100% full, then its state of charge would be 100%. 50% halfway, it's 50% full. If you can go 100 miles on a full charge, 50 miles or so on half a charge. Um, that's fairly straightforward. Where people get confused and sometimes even use them interchangeably is when talking about a battery's state of health. Now, as we know, over time, EV batteries will degrade. Well, a lot of people don't know what that means exactly when talking about an EV's battery. What this means is that over time, the total amount you can charge it actually decreases. Charging to 100% will actually be less and less and less to eventually you won't be able to charge to 90% or 80%. Typically, when a battery state of health reaches about that 70 to 75% level, it's considered no longer um, acceptable for use in the car. That all depends on each person, of course. If you're perfectly content driving a car that has a significantly reduced range, then by all means, more power to you. Now, the battery state of health is very important to know, especially if you are going out and looking for a used EV that might be a couple years old. When going out to buy a used EV, battery state of health is very important thing to know because you need to know that if you were to charge it fully, what kind of range to expect. It's not going to be whatever the original rating was from the manufacturer if it's been a couple of years. Now, some EVs are made better than others, so you can't necessarily uh, say that there's going to be a 10% drop per year across the board. That's just not the case. It's impossible to tell without measuring the battery state of health. And unfortunately for your average consumer, that is not a very easy thing to do. But unfortunately right now, most dealerships don't even know to check the state of health of the battery or have a way to do it. Um, so state of health, very important to know. State of charge is simply just how how much it's charged. Um, I hope that is a good enough answer for you. If you have anything to add, please don't hesitate. Send me an email, hello at ev-resource.com. 
Um, I'd love to hear your comments, or you can leave a comment on the YouTube channel um, or the YouTube video in the comment section down below there. So um, either way, how important is it to you to know the battery state of health? And I'd be curious if you think that dealerships should provide a report outlining and telling you what the battery state of health is before selling a used EV. So that is your show for this week. Thank you so much to everybody who supports this podcast, either through watching and listening, getting to this point, um, or the Patreon supporters that are donating their hard-earned money, um, either $1, 5 or 10 um, it's not a lot every month, but certainly when you add it all up, it really makes a big difference for us here at EV Resource. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And of course, everybody who watches and listens, this is a free show. It will always be free. Um, but even just spending your time, your valuable time to um, tune in each week, I definitely really appreciate that. But that is all. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.